Hello. Welcome to Sound of History Podcast. Sup, bitches and bitchettes. <laughs> Gonna get an explicit rating now. We don't already have an explicit rating? No. I curse a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no one listens to this. To, to so tell, then it's going to be fine. <laughs> to tell the platforms. Oh, so it's because I did it in the first little bit. Probably. I don't know. Anyway, this is a music history podcast, as I'm sure you've guessed. <laughs> And I am trying to teach Mika music history. I'm tipsy. <laughs> She's also trying to pretend to like it. I like it. I'm trying to pretend well, to care. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is our second part of Fleetwood Mac. So we're going to get into the Fleetwood Mac that everyone knows and loves with the rumors era and Stevie Nicks and all of that. I don't have to pretend to care about that. I do. <laughs> okay, cool. But first, we have some things to plug. There's actually things going on, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, because you're so smart and good. <laughs> well, I started a YouTube channel. He's a YouTuber so now. If Dork. you ever wanted to listen to a condensed version of this podcast, that unfortunately has to cut out a lot of Mika. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to provide the information. So try to get people interested so they'll listen to the full episode. I want them to listen to the full episode, so I give Why them just you... enough of you without all of it. Oh, I would... Never mind. I did just describe to you an hour ago how I heard a clip of a podcast and then listened to the whole thing, so... <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, our YouTube channel, it's Sound of History underscore, if you search Keeping that on the YouTube. underscore, was that, like, yeah. intentional, or was it taken? A little bit of both. I how was... Rem- no... No. I don't remember if it was taken, but if it wasn't, I would have done it anyway, just because it's so much easier to just say we're sound of history underscore on everything. That's easier okay. than trying to like say we're this on this and this on that. So that's what I do with my like author stuff. It's all Nicholas Poe underscore on everything, even if I could have gotten. I am a bad wife. I didn't know that you had an <laughs> underscore. Yep. I'm I just underscore. know that you go by Nicholas. So follow us on Twitter where I'm still listening through the 100 greatest albums by rolling stone so far yeah i'm in the 30s i listened to like number 36 today i think stevie wonder was the last one i listened to that's awesome uh so you can check us out on twitter where i'll be tweeting my thoughts about that you can get mad at me for not liking bob dylan and then youtube i'm kind of like condensing our podcast into like little hopefully around 20 minute episodes but also doing some like non-podcast related stuff like i posted a video about the five albums that changed the world so i'll be doing some like different kind of stuff like that on I haven't youtube listened to it. if you're interested in that i'm a busy girl <laughs> that's true <laughs> so that's what i've got going on in sound of history world so now we'll turn it over to to mika, mika she'll tell you a host now. what am i gonna tell them just what what's going on in your world not the sound of history know. world i never know Flying by the seat of my pants, baby. I, I mean, this is your segment. You do what you want with this. I would like to plug being wrapped in a blanket. <laughs> That's all. You want me to talk right now? I mean, it's your segment. You do what you want with it. I don't know. I would like to plug not plucking off your nails. Did I plug that last time? I think I did. I think so. Okay, well, repeat. Don't pull <laughs> off your nails that you've glued on. You're going to get a nail infection and then almost die from an antibiotic that you're allergic to. Not really. I'm being dramatic. 
No, I mean, it was a pretty dramatic episode, so I think it's fair I to be dramatic. I didn't almost die. That is dramatic. I feel like if you had kept taking the antibiotic, you might have died. But I didn't. Sure. I would have caught it before I died. Would you? It took a doctor telling you to stop taking it before you stopped taking it. I would have caught it before I died. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> I think no you would way. have caught it when more like allergy symptoms started happening. Yeah. I think you would have caught it. Are you saying I'm too, I'm a dumb dumb? No, I'm, I'm saying not a dumb dumb. I'm saying it wasn't allergy reaction symptoms. That's so maybe if it stayed that way, you wouldn't have caught it. Call me a dumb dumb. No, do it. It's you're fun not to a say. dumb dumb. <laughs> you said it. I did, but you're not a dumb dumb. Dumb dumb. Oh, it's like um, what's that show? Hold on, wait. Dum dum. <laughs> the show. Yeah. No, you know what I'm talking about, right? Not really. No. Hold on. Okay. This is your segment now. Yes. My sh- my segment is try and remember what show goes. Dum dum. <laughs> what is that show? Right. <laughs> um. It's the Law and Order. Yeah. Law and okay. Order. Dum dum. Anything else for your? For your segment? No, just Law and Order. Dun, dun. <laughs> a show you've never watched. I've never watched an episode of Law you're, and Order in my life. Plugging that, all right. Unless, no, I'm not plugging it. I'm plugging the, the sound dun, effect. I <laughs> think more people should have sound effects in their life. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, what would your sound effect be? I don't know. What would my sound effect be? Huh. I don't know because the thing about you that I would make a sound effect of is the fact that like on the outside, if people don't know you, you might seem boring because you don't talk, but then you're actually really interesting. So I don't know what that sound effect is. (laughs) Sounds like a Beatles album. Really? It's a little bit boring unless you dig under the surface and then there's deep layers underneath. See, that's such a you thing to say. <laughs> never maybe in my Bob life Dylan. would I think I, like, no. I hate Bob Dylan, so maybe there's deeper layers, but maybe no, not. No, because that's not you then. What's my no. sound effect? Oh, gosh. I think my sound effect is like, oh my God, like Sizzlers. You know? Yeah, I think. Like fireworks, but the Sizzlers, like right, just like, go. I'm thinking sparklers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of too. They burn very bright and are very noisy, but then they need to recharge. (laughs) (laughs) They can't go forever. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God, we were thinking of the same sound effect for me. That's true love. (laughs) (laughs) So tweet us, sound of history underscore. What is your sound effect? What's your sound effect? (laughs) Mika no longer the host now. That was the best segment I've ever done. (laughs) I don't know about that. You've had great segments. No, I haven't. I talk about lip gloss. Okay, so I would ask you what you remember about Fleetwood Mac, Uh, but I can also just run through where we've been if you would prefer that. Hmm. Because... Challenge me. Through doing the videos on YouTube, I feel like I have an in-depth knowledge of the beginning of Fleetwood Mac. So the best way to learn is by teaching. Okay, so I will quiz you. Oh, no. Who were the three people who were the founding members of Fleetwood Mac? Christine's husband. His name was John. John McVie or McVie. I'm assuming it's Mac just because it's pronounced Fleetwood Mac. But I don't really know. It's spelled like Mick. So it could be either one. What's his face? Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood. The other guy who. (laughs) No, 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 no. But I remember him. 
Okay. His name was Peter Green. Yeah, the other guy who, like, left. Right. Because he just wanted to, like, create his band, and then he, like, left, and then he, like, did his own thing, and he, like, whatever. Well, there was there was more to his leaving than that, but, but first, before he left... Because he, there he was brought, a fan. He brought in two new guitarists. The the fan, the eighteen year old fan who That was, was the like, second guitarist he brought in. Like a drug addict? He became one yet. They yeah, probably yeah, yeah, all yeah. were at some point. Oh yeah. I don't even actually remember his name. What was his name? Oh he was so sweet. I was sad about it. Danny. Danny Kerwin. Danny. And then wasn't the other guy an asshole? I feel like that's no. a safe guess. No? Not we're not there yet. You did not like one of them. The the other guitarist. So first there were three of them. There was Peter Green, Mick Fleetwood, John McVie. So I was right is what you're saying. Sort of. John no, McVie. No, I was right. But John McVie, or not John McVie, sorry. Uh, Peter Green thought their sound wasn't big enough. So he brought in a guy named Jeremy Spencer who played slide guitar. He was a very well-known like blues he musician. He went to do something different. He went to join a different band. Ish. <laughs> and they brought in Danny Kerwin, who was an 18-year-old fan. Why'd they get rid of the first guy? First, Peter Green left. Do you remember why he left? Someone left to join a cult. Was that the slide guitarist? Yes, that was Jeremy Spencer. Okay. But first, Peter Green left, the guy who started the yeah, band. Yeah, because he just wanted to do a different artistic thing. No, he got heavily addicted to drugs. That's the same thing. <laughs> left because he wanted to give away all of their money. Oh, that's right. And was like wearing long robes on Yo, stage. Yeah, that's and so like weird that that, that wasn't the cult guy. <laughs> right. And then after he left, Christine McVie joined. And Jeremy Spencer was the leader. And then he left in California to join a, chil- to join a cult right, because he called was the, the Children of God. Because he was like the creative guy. Yes. And then he, and then he left to join a cult. And then Danny Kerwin became was the artistic, the artistic guy. Lead. And then he was like, whoop, I'm going. But crazy. first they brought in a guy named Bob Welch. Right. And we that's the like guy the you don't like. <laughs> you don't like the Bobs. And then Bob Welch and Danny did not get along. Danny became heavily addicted to drugs and alcohol. Right. Ended up having a massive breakdown, left, struggled with homelessness for a while, and then passed away. Your classic story. And then they brought in Bob Weston. That seems like not, I don't actually have the knowledge to speak on that. I take it back. (laughs) Okay. Then they brought in Bob Weston. Do you remember what happened to Bob Weston? Uh, No, but I don't think I liked him either. Wait, he, did he, did he sleep with someone? Yes, he had an affair with Mick Fleetwood's wife. Yeah. And then that almost broke up the band. Right, as it would do. Mick Fleetwood just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. But then they had a lot of tour dates that they had to fulfill. So, so they th- came up with the, the Fleetwood back too. <laughs> the manager just compiled a different band and put them on stage as Fleetwood Mac. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but then Bob Weston was out. They decided to stick with Mick Fleetwood. Right. Because you have to. He's Fleetwood. Fleetwood. <laughs> and then also because he was the one who was cheated on. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but then they recently relocated to LA because their label was in LA mm-hmm. and they realized they weren't really getting the same kind of attention right. as the LA bands. Across the pond. <laughs> yes. And Mick is just randomly in the studio and he hears a song that he loves and he's like, the heck is this? I don't remember a damn thing about this. It's from a group called Buckingham Knicks. 
I'm Stevie. And he's like, who is this? And then the producer who was working on it told him that Lindsay Buckingham, who was one of the members, was in the studio. Oh, right. Lindsay. I do know about Lindsay. He went to Lindsay Buckingham. He met him. And then he was like, do you want to join my band? And Lindsay said, only if my girlfriend and creative partner, Stevie Nicks, can also join. And Mick said, sure. And then they joined the band. And that's where we left off. And so I am a fake fan. Okay. I mean, I'm a young fan as well. Because it took me a long, long time to just listen to, honestly, rumors. Sure. And be like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever been done. I remember that was a couple of years ago. It really (laughs) was. You told me that. I I didn't listen to rumors until so recently. You you, you told me like, have you heard rumors? I was like, yeah, everyone's heard rumors. I had not heard rumors. I had heard like very, like a few little Stevie Nicks songs like here and there. And Fleetwood songs, I think from living with madison and i was like sure. oh this is a vibe like landslide right everyone knows that right that's like so the I'm song like, you pl- you put on when you're on a boat like that's what i don't know it just that's what it reminds on me a boat? <laughs> yeah you just play it through the boat speakers anyway landslide continue. is not a boating song it is in my mind okay go ahead i forgot because you're so wrong <laughs> go ahead you're a new fan i'm a new fan so your current you're not current. Well, yes, current. I don't know what they did. Your classic, popular, rumors era people are Mick Fleetwood, Christine, her husband. Yep. Lindsay, Stevie. Yep. yep. Those are your five. Yes. Am I missing anybody? Well, where we left off... There's Bob, still the other guy. Bob Welch is still in the band. But is he in it in rumors? No. Okay, so I don't feel bad about not... I said get rid of Bob, and I'm right. <laughs> sure. Both Bobs, technically. There yeah. Were two Bobs. Yeah. One's already gone. Right, because one's an asshole and one's a cheater? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's... I maybe should have included Bob Welch leaving at the end of last episode, but I didn't. That's kind of where we left off. Oh, so... No, the you next, did. The you next said paragraph cited, in the script. They sided with... Um, no, that was Bob Weston. They sided with Mick, but Bob Welch There were two Bobs it. at the same there time? There were two Bobs at the same time. Oh. Bob right, West, Bob Danny Welch, died. Bob Welch was the one who was feuding with Danny. Bob Weston joined to replace Danny. Okay, so should we just like pick up and i can explain what happened to bob welch what are you talking about i've just explained the whole thing <laughs> so everyone is so clear on what's going on because i am the best at storytelling <laughs> <laughs> so with the addition of stevie and Lindsay, bob welch decided to leave the group yeah because he was an intimidated douche he was also struggling with alcoholism oh my god i'm an asshole <laughs> And all of it was starting, like, the whole experience of Fleetwood Mac was starting to strain his marriage. So he decided to start a solo career instead. So, okay, major respect if he decided to step away actually because of his marriage. Yeah. If he was like, I actually don't want to deal with sharing the spotlight and I'm going to be a solo dude and I'm going to, like, (laughs) for, like... I mean, he had been sharing the spotlight his entire time in Fleetwood, so I don't think that was as much of an issue with him. But if he was, like, scapegoating it on, like, I need to pay attention to my marriage, then, like... Yeah, I mean, that's possible. I wanted to say something, but you don't want an explicit reading. So, like, <laughs> bleep him. But 
if he actually steps away for his marriage, major props. I that's that's respectful. I like that. Sure. Well, what did he do? He started a few different bands and he released some solo music, just kind of like doing the the solo musician thing. But in the 1980s, he started to like heavily party with a band that was rehearsing in his garage. Notoriously really good on marriages. Which was called Guns N' Roses. Shut the fuck <laughs> Shut up. No, they were just rehearsing in his garage. Shut up, what? <laughs> he just started getting in with them. What? <laughs> and through that, he became addicted to cocaine and heroin. Cool. Eventually being hospitalized for detox in 1985. That's actually super not cool, and I hate that for him. He said about that time period quote that he was well that he was quote being a very bad boy (laughs) very decadent very cynical very stoned it was not a good time end quote no man is ever allowed to describe himself as a bad boy (laughs) that is illegal that's not okay that's what he said that's not okay if you're into it then you can have someone else describe you as a bad boy but you cannot be self-proclaimed i was a very bad boy that's illegal (laughs) okay well for this next little bit need you to not make jokes okay Okay. thank you for the warning (laughs) bob underwent spinal surgery Ooh. but the doctor said that the prognosis was not great why would you think i would make a joke about that hold on it gets worse. They thought that he'd still be paralyzed even after the surgery. So he was taking medication, but was still in tremendous pain. In 2012, at the age of 66, he left a six-page note for his wife. Oh, no. And then shot himself in their Nashville home. I understand. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Which is, you know, you can kind of get it where it's yeah, like... Yeah, pain is a bitch. Yeah, you're going to be in tremendous pain for the rest of your life, which yeah. won't be long. It's like... Yeah, no, no I totally get... Th- oh, still that's very, very tragic ending. That's very heavy. Guy. I hate that. That we have made fun of a lot in the past two I'm, episodes. I'm so sorry. That's why I gave you a warning. Thank so you. You, know, you wouldn't do it before that. He did some dumb stuff and he called himself a bad boy. <laughs> but he but was... also no one deserves to go through that and that's very heavy sure. and I'm sorry. But he still also helped Fleetwood Mac to define a lot of their sound, which was very impactful. So I think it's worth taking some time to talk about Lindsay and Stevie right now before we kind of like get into the what a lot of people consider the golden age of Fleetwood Mac. I don't think it's important. You don't want to talk about Lindsay and Stevie? You want me to just skip this part? I will. Don't. (laughs) I'm joking, obviously. Lindsay Adams Buckingham. That's such a good name. Was born in 1949 in California. When he was growing up, he listened to a lot of his older brother's recordings of people like Elvis, Little Richard, and Buddy Holly. Which is like a theme. I feel like a lot of the Mm -hmm. best musicians listened to them growing up. Like the Beatles, the Who. Like a lot of people listened to them growing Mm -hmm. up. He started playing on a Mickey Mouse guitar. Oh my God, precious. Before his parents bought him a real one. Oh my God, precious. He grew up in San Francisco, where he, or I guess the San Francisco area, where he was a competitive swimmer before he eventually dropped out of athletics to pursue music. Hot. <laughs> I mean, he, he was a good looking guy. Is, I guess, I don't know. While in high school, he started to play in a band called Fritz. That's a good name. Okay. Where'd you rate it? My mom's dog, growing up, her name was, his name is Fritz. Oh, cool. I think. Scale of one to ten. Where's that name? Six. That's fair, I think. 
But later, Stevie Nicks joined that band. It that was, automatically bumps it to a seven. It was like a psychedelic and folk rock band. Back down to a six. <laughs> At the time, Lindsay and Stevie were just friends, but their relationship started five years later after they had both left Fritz. That's a slow burn. I want to read that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's a little rom-com for you? Yeah. It does probably does not end like your rom-com novels. Well, I mean, my rom-coms end before they... Before have a chance have to have a real relationship. <laughs> Before they write rumors. Right, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay and Stevie recorded demos on a four-track Ampex recorder. Make that my words. Uh, <laughs> Garage band? Ampex is just kind of like a brand name. So four-track recorder is, there's four tracks. So you record vocals on one track, you record guitars on a second drums on the third like you have four tracks so it impacts like the fullness of the sound right you can't have like 12 tracks or whatever yeah right you can't have the wall of sound or if you did you would have to put the whole string section on one track one track right which would get a little bit muddied you can't mix it as well yeah yeah yeah. okay so they recorded on a four track recorder who's they uh stevie and Lindsay. just the two of them this is just the two of them yes and Lindsay's dad had left that recorder at his roasting plant where he worked or owned. I can't remember. Roasting. Beans for coffee. Roast, a lot of stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They took those recordings and drove to Los Angeles to seek out a contract. You know, as many a people had done before them. Many a people had done. In 1973... Polydor signed them and produced their debut album. But the album sold very poorly and Polydor dropped them. What the hell is Polydor? No so, wonder it sold poorly. <laughs> it's a record label. I've never heard of Polydor <laughs> in my life. It sounds like a dumb dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay started to tour with Don Everly as part of the backing band. Don Everly was a pretty big like rock musician at the time. That the Everly sounds- Brothers... Not like a rock band. The Everly Brothers were some of the foundational rock people. Like the, it was like them and Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis and Chuck Berry and Little Rich. Like they're obviously not as good. We haven't talked about them. That's I mean fair, but like they are the they are the golden age of rock and roll. They are the legends of it. And I think Don or maybe his brother were one of the last living members of that generation. I think Jerry Lee Lewis was the last member of that like rock and roll generation still alive, and he passed away last year. Oh, really? So the era is officially over. I think Don passed away right before him, or his brother, whichever one lasted longer. I can't remember. Okay. Anyway, 1974 was when Mick Fleetwood heard their song while he was at the studio and met Lindsay. When Bob Welch left Fleetwood, Mick immediately thought of Lindsay and asked him to join. And do you want to hear the song that so impressed Mick? Yeah. It's called Frozen Love. Oh my God. By... What? Oh, wait that till you see the like picture. A... Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. This sounds like a spicy rom-com. Look at that boob. He's a good looking man though, right? Like he's absolutely just looking at boob. <laughs> Look at his boob to be fair. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of his boob. You may not 
It just kind of sounds like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Because, like, the voice is so iconic. Yeah. Stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) Right. But I mean, that album didn't sell well. So why not? Probably because it's called Frozen Love. Frozen Love. Frozen Love. <laughs> I want to make fun of it so bad, but I can't. All right. Well, are you ready to talk about Stevie? Yeah. We're going back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Lynn Nix was born in 1948 in Phoenix, Arizona. Her grandfather used to teach her to sing duets with him when Stevie was only four years old. That's adorable. She grew up pretty sheltered, and her mother kept her at home more than most of the other kids. Girl, same. (laughs) Her parents were college sweethearts, and her dad was an executive at Greyhound. Like the bus? Yes. Oh. When she was a toddler, she couldn't pronounce her own name, so she called herself T.D., which led to her nickname Stevie. Oh. They moved around a lot as her dad progressed in his career, but they eventually settled in Los Angeles, where Stevie started her first band, which was a folk rock group modeled after the Mamas and the Papas. Love it. Called Changing Times. Love it. Do you know the Mamas and the Papas? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's honestly, Changing Times, pretty good first That's band good name. name. No complaints. It's not a standout, but it's also not awful. It's way better than I would have come up with. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, like high school that's or middle good. school. Also, the Mamas and the Papas, very interesting story. So they're really worth, they're worth learning more about. Okay, are you gonna tell me? Because I'm not gonna learn on my well, own. There's, it's it's disputed. It's there's, disputed. There's there's talk that, like the main guy whose name I can't remember, Papa, hooked up with his daughter. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, there's there. It, it, an interesting story to say the least anyway during her senior year of high school she saw Lindsay Buckingham sorry you're gonna have to say that again during her senior year of high school she saw Lindsay Buckingham playing California Dreamin which is a mama's and a papa song yeah oh no I'm never gonna be able to like it again at a young life meeting at a (laughs) stop it stop it right now yep yep (laughs) stop it right now so she just kind of like randomly walked up and joined him on harmonies. Shut while up! He was playing. Oh my god! Oh my god! So like, I guess they just kind of like hit it off after that. I don't and think with... there's ever been a more Christian meet you. <laughs> I mean, maybe not playing the mamas and the papas, but well, <laughs> if I they mean... were playing Switchfoot. And she joined in harmonies. Maybe that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so with members of his band leaving for college, Lindsay asked Stevie to join Fritz. That band actually had a little bit of success opening for acts like Janis Joplin and Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. What? Which, like... Uh, that's more than a little bit. Now it is. At the time, 
neither of them were massive commercial successes. I think they have, they have grown into their legacy now more than they were back then. Really? And I think so anyway, yeah. Still. Still I mean, yeah, it's really impressive to have on your resume. Yeah. But like it's more impressive now than it would have been in nineteen sixty nine. Like wow. people would have been <laughs> like People would have been like, oh, who's, who Who cares about Jimi Hendrix? Like, he's not, he's big in that psychedelic rock scene. Dude, shut scene, up. Really? But like, not, not massive commercially. Stop. That's so weird. Um, Stevie says that those acts helped to inspire her intensity on stage. Ooh. Stevie and Lindsay attended San Jose State University, where Stevie planned on becoming an English teacher. Aw. But with her father's blessing, she dropped out of college to try a musical career with Lindsay. While they were recording with Polydor and trying to kind of like get their partnership off the ground, Stevie worked as a waitress, a dental assistant, and a maid. Damn. While working all of these jobs, she started using cocaine. As one does as a maid. <laughs> she said, quote, we were told that, that it was... That was a bad joke. <laughs> I mean, as as one does when you have to work so many jobs to try and survive and you need a pick-me-up. That's a better, that's a better, yeah. Uh (laughs) Stevie said, quote, we were told that it was recreational and that it was not dangerous. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, this was before people really knew the damaging side effects. Oh my gosh, no, well, yeah. Yeah, which is also true. I would do cocaine if I didn't know that it would destroy me. It's caffeine. Yeah. It's kind of similar. But it's also kind of similar to like... Should Peter- I get caffeine pills? <laughs> it's similar to like Peter Green from yeah. Early Fleetwood Mac with yeah. LSD. No one knew the damage it could do. Yeah. People just said this expands your mind. So he's going to take that. Didn't it say that he only did it like eight or nine times? Yeah, that's what he said. But I don't know if we can trust that. But yeah, I mean, Brian Wilson didn't do it that much and it still destroyed his mind. So God people just didn't know Lee. the side effects at the time. Is LSD still like that? I think so. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't do it. While Lindsay was out touring with Don Everly, Stevie stayed home and just kind of worked on songwriting. Who's Don? The Everly Brothers, the legends of rock and roll we just uh, talked about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lindsay's out on tour with them cuz their Polydor contract didn't really work out. Okay. She wrote Landslide during this time, inspired by the scenery of where she was living and Mm. her strained relationship with Lindsay while he was out on tour. After Mick met Lindsay and they joined Fleetwood Mac, their first rehearsal as a band confirmed that it was the right decision. Yeah. Lindsay and Stevie kind of brought like more of a pop accessibility to the blues rock band. In 1975, they released a self-titled album with their new lineup which was Mick Fleetwood, the MacVees, Stevie, and Lindsay. That's their official lineup right now. I guessed it. <laughs> it reached number one in the U.S. and sold over 7 million copies. Mm-hmm. Christine MacVee and Stevie each wrote hits on this album. Here's one of Stevie's songs called, oh boy, Rhiannon, Rhiannon. Rhiannon. Rhiannon, okay. Rhiannon. We also own this album, by the way. Yeah, I know. I read the name of it, I in, it a, in a flea market in, a novel. in Bristol. I know. I think that's so cool. For like three bucks. I think that's so cool. That's why I want to go to we more flea markets. You can get albums like that. Yeah, I want to do and that. And her memory became the myth. I definitely feel that there's a present. Which one? Who wrote this? Stevie? Stevie, yeah. This is Stevie. Rhiannon rings a 
Who's that? Who? On the drums. Mick does drums. Yeah, Mick's a drummer. John McVie's bassist. Lindsay's guitarist. Christine's keyboards. So this song was based on a character in the novel called Triad that Stevie read. Interesting. The character originated in an old Welsh legend about a witch. Mm -hmm. Stevie's performance of that song began to kind of like take on a theatrical intensity that wasn't present on the recorded version. Hmm. The song built to an intense climax that led Mick to say, quote, her Rhiannon in those days was like an exorcism, end quote. That would have been wild to watch. Yeah. I feel like that's where you get kind of that Jimi Hendrix influence. Yeah. <laughs> Just her like being super intense about yeah, the song. Yeah. Damn, so, artists are so cool. <laughs> so they have that number one album. But this tremendous success they found also spelled the end of romantic relationships. Yeah. Christine and John McVie finally divorced. Christine said that they might still be together if she had never joined Fleetwood Mac. Oof. She said, quote, I just think it's impossible to work in the band with your spouse. Imagine the tension of living with someone 24 hours a day on the road in an already stressful situation mm. with the added negativity of too much alcohol. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally about to be like, do you think we could do that? And then, <laughs> yeah, you add substances and that right. makes sense. But they weren't the high-profile relationship in the group, so their breakup was kind of like devoid of drama. They just kind mm -hmm. of separated. I wonder if they liked that. I wonder if they were tired of like hearing about like Lindsay and Stevie. Maybe. And it, they were like, oh my God, we were married. Right. Like, For I, like six years at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what that was I mean, like. Part of me thinks like they didn't really mind. Like John seems like a pretty, at least John McVie seems pretty laid back. Yeah. Like, chill dude you probably like, wouldn't want to be, be you probably be like oh thank god they broke up too but right. i imagine that would also be like every once in a while i'd be like oh my god can we stop talking about this <laughs> bullshit like right. i i would have a hard time with that i think so they weren't that high profile except for the time that christine had an affair with the lighting director and wrote, you make loving fun about it. <laughs> John remarried two years later while, Chris, while Christine dated Dennis Wilson, who was the drummer of the Beach Boys. And oh, I didn't know that. Brian Wilson's brother. Yeah, I didn't know that. Who ended up drowning not long after this. Damn. Yeah. He was also the only, like, this is a sidetrack, but he was also the only surfer in the Beach Boys who wrote a whole bunch of songs about surfing. Like, he's the only one who actually surfed. Anyway, at the same time, the high-profile relationship of Lindsay and Stevie also broke up. After the breakup, Stevie had a brief affair with Mick, who was also finalizing his divorce from Jenny. Who? Mick Fleetwood. She had a brief affair with that's Mick Fleetwood. Right, that's right, with Je with Jenny. Jenny Boyd. And, and Jenny is the one that the other guy slept with. Right. And so they were getting divorced, and she was with... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was it was a weird time because Mick and Jenny had been married for a while, mm-hmm. and then they had an affair with the with Bob Weston. Yeah, but then Mick and Jenny were kind of like figuring it out and getting back together, and then Mick had an affair with Stevie, mm-hmm. and then just never really recovered from that. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to recover right. from. So. While all of that emotional turmoil was happening, the band started working on their 1977 album, Rumors. Literally iconic. (laughs) All of the breakups created some really fantastic songs, and no one actually left the band because of the emotional turmoil, which is wild for me to think about. So impressive. Like, imagine writing a breakup song that your ex then has to sing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. I would not have stayed. The fact but, that it happened twice. Right. <laughs> um, but by the recording of rumors, they definitely didn't like each other all that much. They liked their art. At one point, Lindsay even regretted asking if Stevie could join the band when Mick first brought up the idea. Well, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> but like I could argue that they would not nearly have their success that they did if it wasn't for Stevie. So. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, Lindsay was a lot of the creative direction, but Stevie wrote a lot of their most popular songs. Lindsay's phenomenal, but Stevie is also phenomenal. And honestly, all of them are phenomenal. Right. So Rumors was the band's 11th studio album, but the second with this lineup. Mm -hmm. It was recorded with the intention of making a pop album to capitalize on the success of their first album together. And it was also recorded amidst heavy drug use. Mick booked them a recording facility that they could all live in while they recorded. Whoa. The band members hated that idea and yeah. wanted to record at home, like completely separate from each other. But oh. Mick, Mick didn't let that happen. Thank you, Mick. So the guys lived at their studio and the girls stayed in a condo nearby while okay. they did the recording. Damn, dude. The commitment to the art. Right. I the mean, commitment to the bit. I'm happy with Mick for that decision because I definitely don't think rumors would be nearly as good right. if they were just recording separately. Yeah. Like you gotta have that emotion to it for it to be nearly as impactful. Yeah. Lindsay took charge of the recording because he understood how to make a pop album. He and Christine put a lot of the basic melodies together and because of everything going on in their lives the band members rarely talked when they mm-hmm. weren't in the studio. Mm-hmm. They didn't socialize together at God, all. God, this actually is so sad. This yeah. this actually is like, when I think about rumors, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that they like right. actually put, like they made it through and they made this amazing work of art. And it's like, oh my God, yeah. the trauma it's, of doing yeah, that has got to be insane. They didn't socialize and they used a lot of cocaine. Again, makes sense. The owner of the studio said that they brought excess at its most excessive. Whoa. He said, quote, the band would come in at seven at night and have a big feast, party till one or two in the morning. And then when they were so whacked out, they couldn't do anything. They'd start recording. End quote. Stop. Stop. They're <laughs> that talented. Absolutely out of their minds. Yep. <laughs> I guess so. The end result, according to Lindsay, was that the album was far greater than the sum of its parts. Whoa. All of the songs capture emotion and feeling. Stop it. The main writers were Christine, Stevie, and Lindsay. 
all of the members who weren't in the original Fleetwood Mac, in other words. They normally worked individually on songs, but collaborated sometimes. According to Christine, no one really realized that they were writing about their breakups until later. Which seems absurd to me. (laughs) Maybe she didn't realize it, but I feel like Stevie and Lindsay probably did. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a little bit of a Since we kind of split this into a two-parter, I'm just kind of break down some songs on rumors, which is something we don't normally do on this show, but I feel like it's already a two-parter. It's the time. It's the time. During the recording... Like, this is the most we've ever spent on an, one album, by the way. But it's, <laughs> but it's rumors. Worth it, right? <laughs> During the recording, Stevie spent a lot of time alone in a little room working on songs. Like, while the rest of the band were doing the music part, she would just be sitting in a room writing, basically. I hope that was therapeutic. During one of those times, she wrote Dreams, and she said, quote, I found a drum pattern, switched my little cassette player on, and wrote Dreams in about 10 minutes. Right away, I liked the fact that I was doing something with a dance beat because that made it a little unusual for me, mm-hmm. end quote. The rest of the band thought it was pretty boring. Oh. But Lindsay took it and crafted something better out of it. Honestly, God bless that. That's right. first, just respect, mad respect for that. Wow. The lyrics are definitely about a breakup, but Stevie gave it kind of like a hopeful message and sound. So just so you can know what we're talking about, here is Dreams. Dreams. But, but the end of the chorus. <laughs> It'll be based on when I cut things. It'll be way before that. So. Oh, it's going to be stuck in everyone's head. Well, we're about to have another song, so it'll be okay. No, it won't. Don't Stop was written by Christine, and it sounds like a hopeful message in the midst of a very tough time. It's kind of seen as a let go of the past and just get along type of song. Mm-hmm. Christine said, quote, it just seemed to be a pleasant revelation to have that yesterday's gone. It might have, I guess, been directed more toward John, but I'm just definitely not a pessimist, end Mm. quote. 
John said that he had no idea it was about him. Oh, my God. He said that he didn't put it together until someone told him. And he was like, oh, really? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So here is Don't Stop, written by Christine. Lindsay wrote Go Your Own Way about his breakup with Stevie. No, really? Yep. It's definitely more pessimistic than Lindsay's song Dreams. <laughs> and apparently Stevie had a really hard time performing it on stage. Mm-hmm. But had Lindsay's to. song Dreams. I thought Stevie did that. Oh, sorry. Stevie's song Dreams. Okay. Lindsay was Go Your Own Way. Right. Stevie was Dreams. Right. That was their like two songs about yes. the breakup. Okay. And Stevie had a really hard time performing it on stage, but had to because it was such a fan favorite. And there are some lines in that song that are definitely low blows. Yeah. From it's it's rough, dude. Stevie said, quote, it was just an angry thing that he said. Every time those words would come on stage, I wanted to go over and kill him. <laughs> he knew it so he really pushed my buttons through that it oh was god. like i'll make you suffer for leaving me oh my god and i did end quote oh so here, toxic here is go your own way <laughs> why because there's so much music. so many songs right <laughs> She looks so mad in the background. I mean, even that opening line, loving you isn't the right thing to do. <laughs> Such a low blow, Lindsay. She looks so angry. 
John's just vibing. With his open shirt. <laughs> Get it, dude. close-ups on Stevie are just like Love Island could never (laughs) The Bachelor could never (laughs) She's so upset (laughs) This is awful Alright, let's go your own way Written by Lindsay Probably about Stevie No way Christine wrote Oh Daddy about Mick and his wife who at this time had just gotten back together. Ooh. Apparently they called Mick Big Daddy as a nickname. Stop. I mean, he was like 6'9". So he's, Whoa, really? He's, he's a massive dude. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. Like he was a, in school. He was pretty good at sports. And he mm. was like on in theater because he was just a massive dude. Yes, that's where all the massively tall, handsome men go. Theater. Anyway. Sorry to any of the men that I did theater with. I don't think they're listening to this. I don't think they're listening to this either. Anyway, it's a song that deals with deep insecurity and is about people who don't want to leave an unhealthy relationship. (laughs) Dude, I have never actually understood this song. Well, here is Oh Daddy. That was Christine, not right. Stevie. He had an affair with Stevie. With Stevie. Right, not oh, Christine. Oh, not Christine. I think Christine was more writing that from his wife's perspective, maybe. When they were getting back together. Yeah, because his wife had cheated on him, and that's what started the whole thing. Hmm. But we're just going to ignore him cheating on her. <laughs> I don't know that she knew about that at the time. <gasps> that happened, oh, that Christine knew? Maybe not. I don't know. It happened on tour, and it ended pretty quickly because Stevie knew that it would be the end of the band if they kept going. So she ended it pretty quickly. Huh. 
Anyway, since its release, critics have loved Rumors. It's also been a huge commercial success, and it's become their second number one album. By 2003, Rumors had sold over 40 million copies worldwide, making it the eighth best-selling album of all time. And they also, of course, supported the album with a massive tour. Okay, so this is kind of explaining it a little bit. Okay. In 1977, during a tour of New Zealand, Stevie and Mick started an affair. At the time, Mick was back together with Jenny. So it's possible that... Oh, wait, no, this is after they had divorced or before? Probably after the divorce, or maybe when in they the were getting back it, together. Getting back, I think this was bef- like this was a tour in support of rumors. I think mm-hmm. so. It was before the writing of it, so Christine didn't know when she wrote "Oh Daddy" because it hadn't happened yet. I think is the timeline. Hmm. Anyway, Stevie said about that affair, "Quote: Everybody was angry because Mick was married to a wonderful girl and had two wonderful children." Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was horrified. I loved these people. I loved his family. So Uh, it couldn't possibly work out. And it didn't. I just couldn't. End quote. Stevie. Yeah. (laughs) Stevie ended it soon after it began and said that if she continued it, that would have been the end of Fleetwood Mac. But not long after that, Mick left Jenny again for one of Stevie's friends named Sarah. No, Mick, no, 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 no. (laughs) And they would eventually get married in 1988, but divorced in 1995. No way. Their relationship ended? (laughs) For their next album, Lindsay convinced Mick to let him be a little bit more experimental. The resulting album called Tusk sold 4 million copies and spawned a few hit singles, like Stevie's six-minute-long song called Sarah, which was the name of her friend that Mick eventually married. Mm. (laughs) The band said the album didn't sell as well because the RKO radio chain played the album in its entirety before its release, which made it easy for people to tape it at home. Huh. That seems like a cop-out. I mean, maybe. But Mick has said that Tusk is his favorite album that they've ever done and is happy that Lindsay didn't let them do basically a Rumors Part 2. Mm-hmm. Like he pushed them forward. Yeah. So this album also featured Peter Green coming back on guitar. Okay. But his playing was uncredited. Oh, why? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want it to be. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, here's the song Tusk from that album. Baseball, like Twilight. (laughs) Yes, that is what baseball is known for. Getting it. (laughs) 
is a great video. All right, well, that's Tusk. No, I, what? No. <laughs> We're just getting started. It's already a minute into it. I can't play much more than that for copyright reasons. That's a fascinating little video. Can I just watch it? Yeah, later. Oh. In 1981, Stevie, Mick, and Lindsay all released solo albums. Then they came back together to release a new album in 1982 that was kind of like a return to the more of a rumors style of an album since the label was pretty upset at how poorly Tusk did. Screw the label. This new album did pretty well, and after the massive tour, the band went on a hiatus so the members could pursue solo careers. What was the 82 album called? Mirage. Ooh. Their 13th studio album. That's a good name. So this hiatus also let them fix some personal issues that were happening within the band. What? They have personal issues? <laughs> Mick filed for bankruptcy. Oh, shoot. Stevie entered rehab for her addiction issues. Yes, ma'am. And John McVie had an alcohol-induced seizure, which finally convinced him to quit drinking. Yay. And he's been sober ever since. Okay. In 1987, they got back together for this lineup to record one more album, which started as a Lindsay solo album before he just kind of thought that he should bring the other members mm -hmm. in. To, mm -hmm. It felt like a good Fleetwood album. The album was a success and contained many hit singles, including this one that Christine wrote called Little Lies. How idyllic. It's a good word. Thanks, I'm sorry. <laughs> you are. This cute dress. This is already very 80s. <laughs> yeah. No. I think so. That's Lindsay with such little hair. I think so. I mean, they're the, the same members. It's not a new person. It's not Mick because he's back there right. playing his. It's not John because John doesn't look that sweet and baby faced. So it has to be Lindsay. Whoa. And he's playing guitar. Shut up. I hate it. <laughs> well, that's Little Lies. I hate it. Not Little Lies, but I hate Lindsay. <laughs> with Looking no hair. Like that. Yeah, with no hair. That's really weird. So they scheduled a 10-week tour, but right before they set out on it, Lindsay held back and said that he felt like his creativity was being stifled. Mm, that sounds pretentious. <laughs> they had a band meeting at Christina's house that apparently ended in turmoil. <laughs> Tensions were coming to a head. 
Mick, in his autobiography, said that there was a physical alter- altercation between Lindsay and Stevie. He probably just... I'm just not even going to say that, actually. <laughs> Sorry, it's not even a joke. The result of this was that Lindsay officially left the band. He said about it, quote, I needed to get some separation from Stevie, especially because I don't think I'd ever quite gotten closure on our relationship. Yeah. I needed to get on with the next phase of my creative growth and my emotional growth. Emotional growth. For sure. Support that. When you break up with someone and then for the next 10 years you have to be around them Mm -hmm. and watch them move away from you. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. End quote. Mm -hmm. That seems fair to me. It is fair. It is fair. Fleawood Mac replaced him with two new guitarists who they again hired without auditions and continued (laughs) on without him. I didn't bother really recording much about their names because, you know. That is some shade. We've moved past that. I mean, know that the rest of the band thought that they were talented. Sure. I I guess we've moved past the point of people really caring about who they were. That's true. I don't ever remember names anyway. Lindsay spent most of the next five years working on one solo album that was released in 1992. Wow, his creativity is flourishing. Most of the songs deal with his relationship with Stevie and his decision to leave the band. Good closure. It did okay, but not by Fleetwood Mac standards. In 1993, Bill Clinton asked them to get back together What? to perform at his inauguration. Shut up. Which they did, but it was very much a one-off since they still had a lot of hurt feelings. Whoa. <laughs> I just think this might be the first time that a band has gotten back together on presidential directive. <laughs> That's insane. That's, I don't know what I think of that. That just is <laughs> a lot to digest. For his next solo album, Lindsay called Mick for help. The collaboration lasted much longer than expected, and the two decided to bring in Stevie. Christine, what? They decided to bring in Stevie, Christine, and John. What? No! What? That's not a solo album! (laughs) So, that reunion of the Rumors Era lineup went on a tour in 1997 called The Dance. Listen, this is how I know that... Well, I don't know. This is evidence in my head to support that Lindsay was just being an asshole. Okay. Because if he wasn't getting success through doing his solo thing and he's like actually i need some help from my dude and then he's like okay yeah let's bring in my ex-girlfriend again even though i made like a big stink about like needing to be away from her for my creativity this is also 10 years after he left the man so okay it's possible it's just been time okay. away has helped okay 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 but either way the tour obviously was a massive success and according to Lindsay, it helped him heal some of the trauma associated with the band. Okay. I love that then. Lindsay continued his solo work and his work with Fleetwood Mac into the next decade. He you and Christine. Yeah. He and Christine actually had a strong musical partnership for a while. In twenty eighteen, Lindsay was officially fired from Fleetwood Mac. Apparently, it stemmed from disagreements about what songs they were going to play. That seems so petty after everything they got through. (laughs) Lindsay wanted to include newer stuff, and the others just didn't. 
Mick said that Lindsay refused to sign off on a major tour that the band planned for a long time and that they reached an impasse. Hmm. Lindsay ended up suing Fleetwood Mac and got a message from their manager that said that Stevie never wanted to be on stage with him again. <laughs> Apparently, Lindsay was fired because Stevie gave the ultimatum. Hmm. Either Lindsay leaves or she does. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Which is huge. I have a actually really hard time with that sort of thing. Yeah. I really, really, really hate those situations. That's yeah. not fair to either party of Stevie to say that. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't like. I think it's, but it also is kind of fair for her to just be like, I, I just don't know that I can work with him again. Like if she yeah. puts it a little bit more gently and is like, I mean, if you guys want to keep working with him, that's great, but I just don't think I can be a part of it. And then they decide to go with her over Lynn. Like that, a little bit, mm. putting it a little bit more gently makes it better, I think. Yes. I'm not impartial in this. I, just because of like friends history, yeah, have a, a real iffy outlook on sure. that sort of you choose a side type of thing. Right. Well, anyway. Since then, Lindsay has continued working on solo stuff and even even helped with the Killers album. Hell yeah. I didn't know that. Which yeah. one? I like don't know. Like the, the Killers? Probably, yeah. Okay. In 2019, he underwent emergency open heart surgery. Oh, damn. That damaged his vocal cords. Oh. And he's still recovering from that. It's probably intubation. Maybe. So we're going to go back to 1987 <laughs> Fleetwood Mac is getting on without Lindsay. With, with their album in 1990, they kind of veered away from the Lindsey Buckingham style and drifted into a more adult contemporary style. Hmm. They had only one top 40 hit, which was a Christine song called Save Me. Yes, ma'am. Which is this song. Just Lindsey is so phenomenal. Right. He's a great musician, great creative lead for the band. Like Native American, I think. 
which seems like a bad move. I don't think that we like it. All right. Well, that's save me. I don't quite understand what's going on, and I don't know that it was a good choice. Okay. During the tour for that album, both Stevie and Christine decided that that would be their last tour with the band, but both agreed to continue recording. However, Stevie decided to leave the band officially, like pretty soon after that. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons for her leaving was that she wanted to include a certain song on her solo album, but Mick refused and kept it for Fleetwood Mac to use. Hmm. Why why did it belong on her solo album? Was it hers? She probably wrote it, but I don't know. Maybe they had already recorded it and Mick hmm. just thought it worked as a Fleetwood song. I don't know. Interesting. So after the 1993 reunion that Bill Clinton authorized, Mick, Christine, and John decided to record another album as Fleetwood Mac because the public was interested in them again. They sure, w- get your money. Right. They went on a few tours and recorded some new songs, and they were close to disbanding when Lindsay started working with Mick again, which mm-hmm. led to that big reunion that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. In 1998, Christine officially left the band. She had developed a phobia of flying and didn't want to hold them back. Hmm. She returned to England and spent time with her family. How'd she get there? (laughs) A boat or just faced up to it for a bit. Look at her face and her fears. Right. She spent time with her family, basically staying out of the public eye. All right, Christine. She worked as a session musician, essentially on Fleetwood Mac's next album. Good for her. In 2004, she said she rarely listened to pop music anymore. Which, like, why would you in the early 2000s? (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) Fleetwood Mac announced a tour in 2012, and Stevie downplayed the possibility of Christine ever rejoining. Mm -hmm. She said, quote, she went to England and she has never been back since 1998. As much as we would all like to think that she'll just change her mind one day, I don't think it'll happen. We love her, so we had to let her go, end quote. Yeah. In 2013, Christine appeared on stage for the first time in 15 years, playing with Mick Fleetwood's band. Hmm. In 2014, it was officially announced that Christine would rejoin Fleetwood Mac. Oh, But on the 30th of November, 2022, after a brief illness, Christine passed away at the age of 79. Mm. Stevie Nicks has continued her massive solo career and is still working with Fleetwood Mac kind of like off and on. Mm -hmm. She's also at various times battled different addictions. Apparently, she has kept a journal every single day of her life. Wow. Since she joined Fleetwood Mac. That's insane. I can't wait to read that. (laughs) Which I'm sure a ton of people would love to see. She has stated that she chose to never have kids in order to focus on her career and her art. All right, girly. Yeah. John McVie and Mick Fleetwood are the only two continuous members of Fleetwood Mac, even though John McVie's contribution has often been pretty (laughs) low-key. John was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2013, Mm. but announced that he was all clear in 2017. Fleetwood Mac have cemented themselves in music history, and I think that Stevie Nicks is 
one of the best vocalists we've ever seen, and Rumors is one of the best albums of all time. Lindsay. Lindsay, too. Sure. I love Lindsay's voice. They truly are an iconic band with one of the most insane stories in music history. Yeah. And that is Fleetwood Mac officially done. Wow. That's a ride. <laughs> yeah. The whole, make sure you listen to part one if you haven't. Yeah, because that was insane. Because while part two is crazy, it doesn't have cults, which part one has. You're spoiling it. So, I mean, we already did at the beginning of this episode, so. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts on Fleetwood before we move on into the 80s officially? I think this is my chance to plug Super Bloom from Mr. Wives. Yeah, probably. Because Mandy Lee gives me major Stevie vibes. Sure. I think that she is a phenomenal artist, vocalist, performer. Um, their latest album, Super Bloom, gives me major rumors vibes because it's kind of like the post breakup of um, Mandy and the drummer. I'm so sorry. I love you, but I forgot your name. Um and and everyone is still in the band and i believe that she's now with their photographer really yeah interesting so i think that some of the songs on super bloom are maybe about him but hmm. I'm, i can't like i don't know um but anyway i i stand by that i okay. stand wholly by super bloom giving rumors vibes sure. and being a phenomenal album so major, major, major plug of Mr. Wives if cool. you have not yet listened to them. I will also plug the new Daisy Jones, Daisy Jones and the Six show on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It was a novel at first by Taylor Jenkins Reid, one of my favorite books I read last year. But it's very obviously Fleetwood Mac inspired. Like it's not... It's not a retelling of their story by any means, but like it's heavily Fleetwood Mac inspired. I'm so, so excited to read that and then watch that so show. So definitely read it and watch it. It kind of captures that early 70s era of music pretty well, I think. So yeah, check that out. And Fun also, stuff. hopefully soon I'll be releasing a YouTube video where I'm going to break down every song on Rumors and kind of explain the background of it, some of the lyrics to it, like what was going on around it. So subscribe to our mm-hmm. YouTube channel so you can not miss that. I cannot wait to watch that video because Are you actually going to watch that yeah, one? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm going to watch all of them eventually. You uh-huh, know it takes sure. me a second. Um but yeah, I've never understood Oh Daddy. I've I've always that's been the off song to mm. me because I've been like what is happening here because it never I didn't understand that that was his nickname you know and so I'm just kind of like what are we talking (laughs) about here my girly so now I understand cool well Fleetwood Mac one of my favorite bands at least one of my favorite albums of all time so Mm -hmm. hope you guys learned something any any last thoughts before we get out of here bye bitches and bitches (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> I keep you